lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And happy Thursday. Thank you for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin are here with us. We invite you to join us as well. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook. More on them in a second. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And then check out the free speech alternatives to both of those uh, platforms where all of us are going to end up here sometime between today and very shortly, I would guess, uh, over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And then look for Steve Dace. Again, D-E-A-C-E. Just look for... Steve Dace on MeWe. That's the free speech alternative to Parler. Also check out our YouTube channel that is growing. More and more content getting posted there. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Also, my new book, A Nefarious Carol, is out now. Uh, it is selling well. Thank you very much. Let's keep it going. I've appreciated all of the kind words about the book as well. It is a sequel to the 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which is... Um, increasingly more and more prophetic. And we're going to turn that into a movie uh, later this year. The sequel book, A Nefarious Carol, is out now. You can get your copy at Amazon.com. If you've had a chance to already read it or listen to the Audible version and you loved it, uh, please consider leaving us a five-star review. Those help to grow uh, within the Amazon algorithm. They'll promote it more if they see more people like it. So thanks to all of you for all of your kind words and all of you that have purchased a copy. Get yours today if you have yet had a chance to do so. Um. I know last year was bad, but some good things came out of last year, like our good friends over at Built Bar, and they are launching a brand new flavor right now. And as soon as I heard about it, I went to my sales rep and I I said, dude, I got to get hooked up with that because you guys know what is my favorite food? Do you guys remember? Pumpkin spice. Uh, That's that's my favorite flavor. Out of the oven, chocolate chip cookies. Gooey chocolate chip cookies. Oh, yeah. That is my favorite food. Which means, therefore, I also like what? If I like it gooey, therefore, I probably also like what a lot? Pumpkin spice. Uh, Cookie dough. And I do like pumpkin spice. And pumpkin spice cookie dough. Um, There is a brand new chunky chocolate chip cookie dough flavor at Built Bar. Now, I have not yet had the chance to try this, but I have tried all of the other flavors. And if it's anything approaching that, on top of the gooey goodness of cookie dough, Yikes. So if you are looking for healthy options this time of year, but you don't want to sacrifice taste, how about Built Bar? Uh, Less than five grams of sugar per bar, less than 160 calories per bar, less than five net carbs per bar. The texture of a candy bar, you have never had a protein bar this good, up to 20 grams of protein in every bar. Uh, They're well into the 20s now in different flavors, all covered in real chocolate. You don't want to miss out. Go to BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T. That's BuiltBar.com and use my name, last name, Dace as your promo code, D-E-A-C-E to get 20% off at builtbar.com. There's a lot happening right now, and we're going to spend the entire show talking about it. Later in the program, um, I posted something up on our MeWe page, uh, Steve Dace on MeWe, just before the show went on the air, inviting comments, because I want to know what you think. Uh, Last night, I posted a link 
to how you can just follow me on Parler on my Facebook page. Facebook's quote-unquote independent fact-checkers flagged it as fake news. And the reason that they gave us was because uh, Parler essentially is racist because they won't ban all the people that Facebook doesn't like. I can't even post a link now, and it's a fact-check. The time is dwindling. I mean, if you're sitting in the front office at the Blaze or you're sitting at your home office right now with your kiddos, if, you're, if your belief system's anywhere close to mine and you're anywhere on that spectrum I just articulated, make sure you get your pictures off of there, right? You don't want to have the day that you come in and that's where all your family photos are and your account's closed and now you can't get those back. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, start counting every day that you are on Facebook and Twitter as a bonus from this time forward because the time is coming we all won't be and that is why today after what happened last night that's a clear warning shot man that's a clear warning shot all right I know you've been busy this morning. You may not have even been able to see the news that uh, Facebook and Instagram have now completely banned Trump from his plat- from those uh, well, platforms. There we go. This is coming. All right. We're all gone. All of us are. So every day you're on there, count it as a bonus. No, it, it, And it also means at this point, it's probably worth, not even worth trying to game plan what will not get you banned and just say whatever you want. Breathing, existing, thinking differently. That's your crime. And so um, that's why this morning I decided after what Facebook did last night, even though my Facebook page has about 130,000 followers and my MeWe page has less than 8,000. We're all going to end up over there anyway. So if you don't have a MeWe page yet, right now is a good time to go get one. Because I want to know what you think. Look up Steve Dace at MeWe. Just like it sounds, M-E-W-E. Look up Steve Dace at MeWe. You're going to see the post at the very top of my page. I want to know your thoughts about where we are as a people in a country in the shortest amount of words that you can articulate it. And we're going to share as many of those as we can later on in the program. Just again, look up Steve Dace at MeWe.com. I have a lot to say this morning. I woke up um, burdened with a heavy heart. Felt a little bit like what I felt like last March when I woke up and just felt compelled that somebody's got to call BS on what's going on right now with these doomsday models and all this data that hasn't been vetted. And I guess it's good to have to be somebody like me to do it. And I, I have a similar conviction that I want to share this morning after yesterday's events. But before we do that, let's look back on what happened. While we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by storming the Capitol. Extraordinary moment. I don't know what else to say. Anti-Kavanaugh chanting and then running. Let's turn around and look at the, at the door here. And then this moment, just as they did at the Capitol, rushing to the top of the steps of the Supreme Court and now besieging uh, the front door of the Supreme Court. Sorry, wrong video. Do you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store? At a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. 
wrong video again. Sorry. I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. But fires have been started. I ain't alive. I'm having a bad day. Please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Actually, I changed my mind. Those are the right videos. Apparently, when you lock people in their homes, take away their jobs, tell them they can't go to church, applaud while race baiters cause a billion dollars in damage rioting all summer, then tell those same people they're crazy for believing the election, their only nonviolent recourse for pushing back against the madness, wasn't 100% on the up and up. This happens. Apparent pro-Trump protesters gathered in Washington, D.C. yesterday for a rally as a joint session of Congress. Congress met to count the Electoral College delegates and all but seal Joe Biden's win from November. As President Trump was speaking at the aforementioned rally, a group of protesters broke off from the main event after they heard Vice President Mike Pence was not going to be engaging in any sort of protest. In the hours that followed, the group of protesters turned violent, breaking into the U.S. Capitol building, smashing glass windows and making their way into the House chambers. Other rioters were able to make their way into congressional offices, including those of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. One woman was shot by Capitol Security, a married San Diego woman named Ashley Babbitt, who was a 35-year-old U.S. Air Force veteran. In all, four people died amidst the chaos at the Capitol yesterday, including Babbitt. The joint session temporarily concluded before the House resumed activities last night. And that's what happened while we were away. Here's what I'm not interested in doing right now. Uh, assessing uh, blame, fault, looking back on particulars. I'm going to let other people do that. I, I think, and we're on the air now about 24 hours after this started to go down. I think we need to look ahead. Because I have been concerned about this for the better part of the last year. How many times have you heard me say, if you take people's peaceable means for having their grievances heard, if you take those away, what are they left with? The day after the election, I made this point on Glenn Beck's program and said, I am concerned if this continues, we're going to end up in a civil war and I don't want to see that. The next day, Facebook demonetized the entire Blaze platform. Not just me, Everything that the blaze does got demonetized by Facebook for saying that I didn't want a civil war, saying I didn't want a civil war incited a civil war, apparently similar to how the president putting out a video saying, go home and be peaceful, incited violence and got banned. We saw that last night. I said this to you a couple of months ago before the election. I want to reset it again because it's even more applicable today. There is a spirit of the age. We are not up against a political opponent here. There is a spirit of the age propelling what we call the American left. And it's really the left throughout Western civilization. It's not just here. This spirit of the age hates American exceptionalism. This isn't This isn't a cynical Democratic Party using race-baiting language or class warfare language in order to win elections, but then when they win elections, 
I mean, why did Hillary say she couldn't win the Iowa caucuses twice? Because I'm not a socialist, right? Because in the end, mm-hmm. they all may talk a good game. The Clintons like their money, right? The Clintons like their money. Nancy Pelosi likes that designer ice cream that she gets to go on James Corden's show and, and brag about eating in her $1,500, $3,000 refrigerator, right? Mm-hmm. See, they love to use these groups for power when in reality, what they want is just to sit in the box seat behind home plate instead of the Republicans. They're not calling the shots anymore. The elements that they cynically incited in order to gain power, they're in control now. And they represent a spirit of the age. This spirit of the age does not want to exchange power in America. It wants to end America. It wants the end of America. And for a long time, I struggled with, and we used to say this on the show a lot, why are they picking fights with people who own all the guns? And then it dawned on me, you guys remember the show I came in that one day? I do. It dawned on me, the answer is, they're not stupid. They're doing this on purpose. They want more of what they saw yesterday. And that spirit of the edge, spirit of the age, is disappointed that you didn't bring your guns. These forces are out to smash all of your stained glass windows, to destroy all of your statues, your history, to erase your way of life. And it's really not that they hate America. You know, on the road to Damascus, when Saul is confronted as he's on the road to persecute Christians in Antioch, when he is confronted by Christ, Christ does not say, why are you persecuting my people? Christ says, why are you persecuting me? Their enemy isn't the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence. The spirit of the age, Lord Nefarious' enemy, is the God your rights come from. And the spirit of the age will be like the Most High. And the spirit of the age will sit on that throne instead. The spirit of the age will be worshipped instead that's what we're up against it is fine if we turn this in to the bolsheviks versus the mensheviks it is fine if we turn this into rival gangs it is waiting for you to come out of your home with your guns blazing because that's when the tanks get rolling that's the plan this isn't about conquest It's about elimination. It's a cultural assassination is taking place. What's going to happen here? And yesterday was an omen of everything I've been warning about. Is that if there is not a vehicle by which people believe their grievances can be heard or could even maybe, I don't know, win every now and then. They will take the law into their own hands. The citizens of Gotham City didn't turn to a vigilante in a cape and cowl because the police were doing a bang-up job keeping the streets safe. But because they weren't. The slogan of the show this year is the answer is us. 
until about noon Eastern time yesterday, what was going on in Washington was an inspiring, powerful, beautiful display of the people saying enough is enough. Maybe you noticed I was pretty fired up doing yesterday's show until we got to the end and things began to devolve. Yesterday is an omen. We're going to see more of this without the right kind of leadership. Where's all that energy going to go? All the, have, we, have we not asked all of these questions on this show for weeks, months, the better part of the last year? Steve, you've been saying this stuff almost your entire career. That's Forget true. about just this year. That, that is true. Yeah. This is what I mean by revival or bust. We must provide a righteous resistance to what is happening. We are not going to out-radicalize them. We're not going to out-hate them. You know, remember, I know this seems now like a long time ago. There was a time that the Bengals and the Browns were good at football at the same time. And they had quite the rivalry in the late 80s. And they were playing, it might even have been a playoff game. And the Bengals were playing at home and just got screwed by the refs bad. So bad, even the announcer said so. And people started throwing their beer bottles and everything else out onto the field. That could be dangerous. Could kill somebody doing that. And the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Sam Weish, went over, grabbed the microphone from the sideline reporter for NBC. Do you remember this moment? I do. All right. And he said, hey, basically said, hey, that call was BS. We're getting screwed. However, we're better than this. You don't live in Cleveland. Act like you live in Cincinnati. You remember that? I do. Yeah. You don't live in Cleveland. Act like you live in Cincinnati. How do we form a righteous resistance? I wish I had one of Glenn's trademark chalkboards in front of me. If I did, I would, I would write one word. Meekness. Meekness. What does that word mean? I didn't know what it meant for a long time. Former pastor of mine. Just a great guy. He's retiring soon. Pastor Bob. Used to have him on my show. Pastor Bob's a hulk of a man. 6364, broad shouldered, the kind of presence that when he walks in a room, you think, better come correct. He casts a tall shadow and he takes none of your BS, like none of it. He's also one of the most gentle souls at the exact same time I've ever encountered. I have never been more kindly and painfully rebuked, probably, than at times, a time or two by Pastor Bob, who used to lend me his pulpit. Bob was a veteran, MP in Korea. So, I mean, his job was to be the badass that policed the other badasses. This is not a shrinking violet. I saw Bob take on fights in our community for righteousness. Pastors of far larger churches would never touch. I got... 
an email once from a source telling me that uh, the Republican National Committee, this is right before the 2008 caucuses, the Republican National Committee was sending an attorney here to meet with some key Christian leaders on behalf of Mitt Romney to basically try to get them to fix the outcome of the caucuses so Huckabee couldn't win. And this source of mine, who was invited to the meeting, sent me the invite. It was going to be at a Perkins restaurant in the back corner. I showed up with Pastor Bob, man, and we crashed that meeting. We were sitting in that, we were sitting in those chairs before these guys showed up and the attorney showed up. And man, you could have, you could have, you could have seen what's it look like when somebody starts crapping bricks. That's what it looked like. Bob was and is an example of meekness. And he taught me that meekness is power under control. Power under control. Power under control is the sons of liberty. Plotting, planning, scheming for how they're going to make their statement in the Boston Harbor. They've got disguises, a plan. They pull it off. It's not a tantrum. It's a plan. They pull it off. No casualties. One of the most renowned moments of disobedience in human history. They didn't start the Revolutionary War. The Redcoats did. Concord and Lexington were munition dumps, among other things. The Redcoats were going there to confiscate their guns. And there would be only one reason to do so, to then point the guns at them. A tantrum is not meekness. That doesn't mean anger, passion. That's not what we're talking about. The results of our actions. You know a tree by its fruit. We need power that's under control. What does that mean? Because if we don't learn meekness in our time, you know, if I would have come in here that first week of pushing back on COVID-19 and if I had told you people, folks, if you don't listen to what I'm saying, you're going to be, you won't be, you won't be allowed a Christmas. Your kids won't get to go sit on Santa's lap this year. You won't be able to shop for your kids' Christmas gifts in any mall in this country without some Chinese face diaper. They won't even let you in. If I had said, if I had said that the day after we launched 15 days to flatten the curve, I wasn't even thinking that at that time, by the way. But if I would have said, this is where we'll be in the next nine months, what would everybody have said? Madness. You're nuts. And yet, here we still are with Christmas in the rear view mirror. This thing, as of what happened yesterday, is going to decelerate even faster. We need to recover power under control. Most of yesterday was that. I mean, I watched videos of people singing the national anthem and stuff together. But then it lost control. 
What does power under control look like? It looks like a 29-year-old seamstress who gets on a bus one day. She's not waving an axe. She's not storming the MTA. She gets on the bus and says, no. 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 If we stay home and do not form a righteous resistance, if we do not begin to say no collectively, repeatedly, powerfully, what will happen if we do not provide the just righteous resistance? An unrighteous one will emerge instead. And that will play right into the enemy's hands. And when I say enemy, folks, I'm not talking about Nancy Pelosi. I'm talking about a real enemy. An agent of chaos, one who plays for keeps. One who's trying to lure us into Gotham City Bay. Two cultures on rival rafts, both wired with bombs to go off. Which one is more justified to blow up the other? That's the play, folks. That is the play. The reason why I have called out on this show many times in the past year, why are those of you with your guns staying in your homes? Did I tell you to go out with your guns? Did I ever say that? No. No. But I would presume you own those guns and believe in the Second Amendment. I mean, really, the point to owning a gun is to hopefully not have to use it, right? Right. Unless you're a hunter. But the real reason for the Second Amendment, the real reason it's there is so that it never has to be accessed. It's a constant reminder to government. Don't go too far. It's an insurance policy. Typically, though, cashing in insurance policies happens after a calamity has taken place, right? A car accident, a fire, a death, something bad. Something bad is usually precedes the cashing in of an insurance policy, right? Yes. Yeah. So the goal is to never have to do what? Use it. Use it. Yeah. If we don't create a pathway... There's 14 different things, and in a few moments, I'll talk about some of them. And I'm going to call some people out specifically that don't know it yet. But there's 14 different ways and paths for us to go that don't require joining them in a zero-sum game. Because the spirit of the age doesn't own most of the homes. We do. The spirit of the age doesn't have most of the children. We do. The spirit of the age doesn't, didn't build most of the churches. We did. The spirit of the age doesn't value our institutions and cherished traditions. We do. Therefore, all of the collateral damage that will come from zero-sum game, meaning zero-sum game, and what is, gentlemen, remember, what is zero times zero? It's still zero. Zero. All of the collateral damage that will come from meeting them where they are at, 
from giving the spirit of the age what it wants, we're going to pay all of that damage. It will be all on us. It'll be our way of life. That will be the victim. Meekness. The power that is under control. The power that says, here I am. I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. The power that says, don't you come back here tomorrow and preach about this Messiah at this temple. And then you are back there the next morning before the people who threatened you ever bothered to show up. You're already doing miracles. And when they bring you in and give you the lash, you count it as joy to suffer for the name. Meekness changed the world. changes it now power power that is under control now what does that look like what are some specific examples of what i mean we will discuss that next Hey, we've got a new partner here on the Steve Day Show we're excited to tell you about. If you enjoy wine, you need to try Extreme Altitude Malbec from Argentina. Uh, they make it up at these remote vineyards at 9,000 feet. These are vineyards that are miles from civilization. And the result is their red wine. And uh, I've not had a chance to try it yet. I've actually got it uh, sitting in a case in my house. I'm getting ready. Um, I'm anxious to try it. But uh, it's our friends uh, over at uh, Patriot Wine. And no dyes, no flavor additives. Uh, the best part, the flavor. Uh, blackberry, leather, smoke, uh, dark cherry. Head over to PatriotWine2021.com if you want to give it a shot. PatriotWine2021.com. I think, you know, I was just reading a minute ago during the break a report uh, that corporations are threatening to abandon their support of the Republican Party after yesterday. Folks, that, that might actually save the Republican Party from the extinctive precipice it exists upon right this minute. But uh, getting corp- getting the corporate America money out of there, uh, because they're against us. You know, for every, the, for every that one guy that runs Home Depot, there's 15 folks that are all in, and not just because they got shut down, they're true believers. They're, they're, element, they're into the elements of the spirit of the age. They're into it. They're funding it. So getting corporate America out of there might actually make the Republican Party stand for something and worth something because that's what you're up against. It's all that corporate money. So when there's an opportunity for us to support businesses, we can't always do that in our culture. We don't have a patriotic, uh, faith-based supplement alternative to everything that we want to do or need in our culture, right? But Mm -hmm. when that opportunity is there, let's take full advantage of it. So if you love your wine, Patriot Wine 2021.com is where you want to go. They have the third highest vineyard in the world, 8,950 feet. All right. 
and a lot more too. No inflated prices. You're getting top quality wine from all over the world for about half the price. All right. So our listeners and viewers today here at The Blaze, 50% off shipping today when you go to PatriotWine2021.com. That's PatriotWine2021.com. Are either of you guys wine drinkers, by the way? Absolutely. Are you? Okay, because I've got plenty of it at the house. So (laughs) you guys will each, I'll make sure you each get a bottle of it then. I totally forgot about this over Christmas. So I was meaning to bring you guys in a bottle each from these folks the first day on Monday, and I, I just forgot until the live read showed up. So my bad. You've been holding out on me, Dave. Yes. All right. That's, I, that's a in a tough violation. 2020, a free bottle of wine goes <laughs> a long way. Well, I, wasn't, I, was say, I wasn't sure before, get, but given the year we're having, things, it's looking pretty good right now. Get yeah. too crazy in 2021. Maybe all three of us can try it on the air. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, no question about that. All right. So first we got to lay a, a, a vision. All right. We have, we have to cast a vision first. What's missing right now is, is meekness, power under control. Where we exert the power we have. We claim the power that's ours and that's been given. But we wield it under control. Under control. What does that look like? Because that's where the righteous resistance is going to come from. Because if we don't form a real righteous resistance, and we don't have one right now, and it looks like very soon, in about two and a half weeks, actually less than two weeks now, the one person you had in office that was your instrument of resistance, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be out of there. And oh boy. You know, when they have been focusing, the spirit of the age has been focusing so much of its fire on him and his administration. When he is gone, where are they going to focus that fire? On us. You can count on it. On us. Bet the house. Whether you think Trump is God's anointed or you think, you know what, he was better than the other guy or you know what, if nothing else, I'd rather have him going after him than me, right? Whatever your rationale was for voting for him once or twice. That's gone. You won't have that insulator, speed bump, protector, whatever you think Trump is. You won't have that anymore. Gone. So your final conduit into the system, gone. The system's focal point of rage removed. I don't like where this math is going. Anybody else not like where this math is going? Agreed. So unleashed on us, people wearing our uniform, frustrated, nowhere else to go, unleashed. That's math I don't want to do. But you're going to do it. It's not a guess. It's a promise. Unless something changes. You are absolutely right. Yeah, I agree. But stop kidding ourselves. We're going there. If you think Trump going away makes it better, you're wrong. I told you that even before the election. He's actually been holding the Republican Party together, not the other way around. Here's what needs to change. We need a righteous resistance of meekness. Let me give you some specific examples of what I mean. Ted Cruz is a good friend of mine. I like him. 
But frankly, Ted, we don't have time right now for you to game plan out whether Trump runs again in 2024, whether you should run. We don't have four years to think about this because I don't know that we have six more months of of being able to anticipate. I can get up in the morning, go to work and not face some form of confrontation or dysfunction in the culture. I don't know that you even have six months, let alone let's wait for the 2024 primary. Ted Cruz needs to challenge Mitch McConnell for Senate Republican leader in five minutes tomorrow. Or Rand Paul, pick a name. I just, you know why I went with Ted? Because here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to come on here and say, here's what needs to be done, but I'm not going to ask any of the people I know or myself to do any of it. So if you don't like Ted Cruz, you want it to be Rand Paul, I don't care. I don't care who it is, but it's got to be somebody. You can't replace something with nothing. It's got to be somebody. Every Republican governor needs to be Ron DeSantis tomorrow. Tomorrow. We're not doing this stuff in our state, period. But frankly, go even further. How many states is it? Is it in the 20s that have Republican governors and state legislatures? Is it something like that? I believe so. Every one of those states pass laws. You don't have to wear a mask here. Pass laws. We don't kill children here. We believe in the Fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. No person shall be denied life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And last we checked, human beings are persons, so you don't get to kill them. And you can have all your federal judges and all your Supreme Court edicts. We're not enforcing them. We're not doing them. We took an oath of office to the Constitution, so help me God. Not the court, so help me court. Not, I didn't take an oath of office to the Constitution. I took it to God to uphold the Constitution. And I'm going to uphold the Constitution. If you like that, live in my state. If you don't, move somewhere else. If you don't want to live by the Constitution, vote for the unconstitutionalist then. And then just we'll just move to the place where the constitutionalists are at. All of you within the sound of my voice that own a business that's closed, get out of your homes and go open it up now. All of you within the sound of my voice that pastor a church that is closed, get out of your church, out of your home, go open your church. If your pastor will not open your church, open your home to a Bible study. You went to the same seminary. If you have the Holy Spirit, you went to the same seminary that Peter, James, and John went to. Open the book, read what it says, pray, share, discuss. It is time for us to step into the people we were called to be. Look at what Dave Portnoy is doing over there right now at Barstool. You know, we've talked a lot about character the last few years. Dave Portnoy, you, I can't, I, I, dude's even a Michigan fan. We have a lot in common. I can't listen to it, dude. I, I like him on a personal level, but it's like, um, who's the guy that did uh, the Pulp Fiction movie? Who's the Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, Dave Portnoy is yeah. a, is Quentin Tarantino script incarnate. I mean, I do, I grew up with a Navy sailor dad. I played sports all my life until the seventh grade. I thought the f bomb was like my middle name. Okay, but dude, he uses it like the conjunction. It's distracting to me. I can't listen to it. Which is exactly what happens at a bar stool. Yes, in a lot of yes. Bar. But it's, you know what though? God bless him for what he's doing for business yeah. owners across the country. See, that's character. We're focused too much on. Did I look at the chick in the yoga pants? 
Did I did I have too many glasses of wine? Did I drop too many F-bombs? It doesn't mean, by the way, that those things don't matter. They do. But they're not preeminent. They're not preeminent. You know, the Ten Commandments are in an order. Okay? What's the hierarchy of values here? What was more important that Ulysses S. Grant smoked too many cigars, drank too many bourbons, dropped too many F-bombs, slept with too many women, or that he was really good at killing Confederates to preserve our way of life at that moment? What was better? What was more preeminent at that time, do you think? Abraham Lincoln thought the latter, quote, he fights. Yes. Samson had a freaking... Um, uh, executive card to Canaanite brothels. He was the Trump of the day. (laughs) Maybe. Yet his final act, plunging the temple of Dagon, the fish demon, face down in the dirt. Give me the guy with the F-bombs who gets off his ass and gets his hands dirty and helps people over those of us, though, who speak the Queen's English and couldn't be nicer, but do nothing at all. The great evangelist D.L. Moody was once confronted by a woman concerned that he was too brash at times, maybe too pugnacious like that Luther guy. He looked at her and he said, I like my way of doing something better than your way of not doing anything. Do what we believe. Become the people we were called to be. Organizations like The Blaze, frankly, and others. Maybe we get together with The Daily Wire and all of us. And we create a fund. They come after you for owning your business. We crowdfund within internally because, you know, we'll just get canceled off all the social media sites, right? We can't do it on Patreon. So we just do it internally. We raise the money like Portnoy's doing. We raise the money. We pay your fines. We got you a lawyer. I'm going to read a live read here in an hour for realestateagentsitrust.com. We don't have, we can't do lawyerswetrust.com. Lawyers that will represent people like you. We can't find those people. Really? I kind of, kind of think we can. We are all in this together. We're going to hang together or we're going to hang separately. We either are a counterculture or we're no culture. We either are an economy of scale or we will be evicted from the economy of this, that we're currently in. The answer is us. It is time to do what we believe. It's great that you marched on Washington yesterday. Today, get up, march on your business and open the doors. March on your school. Open the door. You paid for it. Power under control. You teachers don't want to teach? Then we'll just teach our kids ourselves. What school did Abraham Lincoln go to? The fireplace in his house. He kept the union together. It is time, folks. It's been past time. It is time to accept your birthright as Americans. It is time for us. We are, what are we trying to conserve as conservatives? How did these traditions occur? How are they established and preserved and passed down? 
Passivity? No. Thuggery? No. Meekness? Power under control. We will no longer comply with this. We will no longer obey this. And as for me and my house, we will follow the Constitution. We will follow the Lord. The answer is no. And we will accept whatever punishment you think you have the power to convey. We're calling your bluff. No, we're not doing this. We're not, we're not pissed off. We're righteously indignant. We're not putting up with it anymore. If we do not produce a just resistance, an unjust one will come and it will finish us off as a people. Right now, we're game planning out. How do we maintain our monetization models on social media? How do we stop from getting banned? That argument's over. Over. We lost. I suggest we start an argument we can win. History shows this argument is undefeated. Undefeated. Because love beats hate every single time. Every single time. It's time. In many respects, we're like Aragorn, who is afraid of his nature and refuses to accept the mantle of his ancestors. And the kingdom of Middle-earth falls deeper and deeper and deeper into the throes of Sauron as a result. While Aragorn takes on an alternative identity and lives out in the shadows doing random acts of goodness. But there's no leader. There's no leadership. Until the time comes that the doors of the Black Gate are open and everything's coming out of that now. Sauron is about to get real. And that is the moment now where Aragorn must accept the sword. It's not a sword. It's a symbol. Become the man you were called to be. Become the woman you were called to be. Become the American you were called to be. We will not comply any longer. And it's not because we hate you, but because we don't. Because we love you enough to stand up to this, to say no. To show a world that doesn't deserve it what love is. Because God showed me, who didn't deserve it, what it was first. The answer is no. The answer is no. We will not abide, we will not obey, and we will not hate. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me, as well as Aaron McIntyre. If you want to let us know what you think about what we think, steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Go to our new MeWe page. We're going to be delving into some of your thoughts there. That's the free speech alternative to Facebook, which is where we're all going to be ending up here pretty soon. Go to MeWe and search for Steve Dace. All right. 
Uh, and you, by the way, there's probably a private and a public page. You want the public page. I don't do anything on the private page there. It's just there so I can establish a public page. You're looking for the one that has uh, 7,000 followers on it. All right. So MeWe.com, just like it sounds, search for my last name, Steve Dace. D-E-A-C-E. Also, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our new YouTube channel. Uh, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Those of you that love the podcast, we love you too. Please, we ask though, uh, cement your uh, affection for the show by hitting that subscribe button if you haven't done it already. And especially leaving us five-star reviews because the more of those two things that happens, the more the algorithms help the show to grow. And we have been very thankful to the thousands upon thousands of you that have done one, if not both of those things already. Let's hopefully keep them coming. Uh, This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at Home Title Lock who are urging you not to get a crash course in home title theft. Uh, because it can ruin you financially. Here's how that crime happens. The legal titles to our homes are all kept online these days where they can be hacked. A cyber thief will then find your home's title, forge your signature as what's called a quit claim deed, uh, stating that you have sold your home to them. And then they take out loans against your home and its equity. Uh, bef- and you often don't even know about it until it's all gone. Maybe even get a late notice or a foreclosure notice in the mail. Thankfully, Home Title Lock protects you because your mortgage lender, your homeowner's insurance cannot. And even if in the unlikely event, Home Title Lock with their virtual barrier, someone were to penetrate it and get a hold of your home's title, uh, they will spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees to help restore your home's rightful place to you, which is pretty indicative of the fact that they're pretty confident they're going to be able to protect your home's title. All right. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Register your address to see if you are already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com. And then use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's the promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Well, I had a lot to say to open the show. I will have more to say as the show continues. But uh, I want to pause for a moment. Uh, we're going to find out uh, what uh, those of you in the audience your thoughts of where we are as a people in a country after the events of yesterday. But Todd and Aaron, uh, I want to give you guys the floor now. You have been listening for the last hour. Mike is hot. You're up. Aaron, go get him. Well, it's difficult to distill down a number of, of thoughts here. As far as the topic at hand here, there's a fundamental disconnect with the commentary class and the political class on the right with their own constituency. We have talked about this ad nauseum, guys, ad nauseum ever since. So it's been five over five years now since I've been on this show. We've talked about this ad nauseum, a fundamental disconnect. But there's something even deeper going on here. There's something even deeper. Even some in the, the commentary class, the punditry, those on platforms like this in some regards, there's a fundamental disconnect. I keep saying that phrase because I want to underscore this. What happened yesterday, you can condemn the violence without condemning the people or at the very least, um, the tenor and the mood and the outlook, which brought some of them, not all of them, but some of them to do that. 
Some of them just wanted to watch the world burn, Mr. Wayne. Because, because at this point in the, our, our country's history, uh, we have a people who have been told election cycle after election cycle after the uh, election cycle, you'll get the carrot this time. You'll get the carrot next time. You'll get the carrot next time. You didn't get the carrot next time. They won this time. But that just means you have to try harder next time to get the carrot. All the while, the opponents have been getting carrot after carrot after carrot. They're feasting on carrots. In fact, they're breaking the stick. They're not playing by the rules. They're not they're not they're not gonna let a measly old stick and a and a driver uh, get, get in the way of them and their carrot. I was talking to somebody uh, today who I have a vast amount of respect for and I love. And I asked them point blank uh, if if Facebook banning Trump from his Facebook pages and Instagram pages was the right thing to do. And eventually we got to the point in the conversation where it was, well, if you want to change behavior like this from big tech, you need to organize, you need to win an election, and then you need to pass a law because that's how things are done in this country. I agree. That's the, how things are supposed to be done in the America that once once was. But that's really not how things are done in this country. The way things are done in this country are this. You have a group of people. Who, are, who, bought a, who, who buy into the spirit of the age. They riot, and they riot, and they loudmouth, and they loudmouth, and they demagogue, and they demagogue, and they get unelected judges to make laws, and then they riot some more, and they laugh at you and call, call you a racist for decrying the riots. And then once they see that they've lost an election, the next election, they, they make it so that it's impossible to believe that election was on the up and up. And then they laugh at you, as your party tells you you're crazy for believing that the election was not on the up and up. That's how things, that's how politics are done in this country right now. And that's why people are angry. Justified anger is not the same as necessarily justified rioting. There is no justification for a riot. A riot is a riot. But what I'm seeing right now, unfortunately is the spirit of Cornelius Fudge. And yes, I'm going to make a Harry Potter reference here, so you can send your emails to steve at stevedace. I'm sorry. Yeah, steve at stevedace.com. We'll, we'll stick with that. Cornelius Fudge is the minister of magic at the time when the big baddie in the Harry Potter movies comes back from the dead, essentially. Voldemort. Cornelius Fudge, because he is the minister of magic, he doesn't want to admit he's in charge of the wizarding community. He's the, at the top chain of command of the, the wizarding government. He does not want to admit how it will change his reality if indeed the big bad is really back. He doesn't want to admit that. It's kind of human nature. If you're in a position of leadership, if you're in a position of, of leading people, or at least trying to influence people, you don't want to admit when reality has been changed, or at least your reality has been changed drastically. We have a lot of people who don't want to admit 
that what drove some of those people to do what they did yesterday was justified. Not that what they did was justified, but what drove them to be that angry was. And you've got a little bit of just the largesse of our country as well. I'm seeing that a lot as well. I was able to go um, get a great job. I'm in a great church in a great neighborhood. I grew up, grew up in suburbia. I've never really had to get my hands dirty. And I'm afraid of what that might look like and how I might feel. So you've got Cornelius Fudge and you've got a whole group of people who just have never gotten their hands dirty and don't want to and are afraid of it. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing people who have been defecated on as far as their rights and their liberties go for def decades. And they've just, for, for a large part, they've taken it because they believed that the way things were done in this country was to win elections and change law. But when it becomes so apparent that that way of doing things in this country is not doing anything, in fact, it keeps getting worse, they look for a way to do it themselves. The way they do it themselves, the course of human history tells us that that's not going to be a, a very pleasant thing, which is why the conversation that we just had with Steve um, in the last hour, meekness, power under control, that's how you change things. The system, the system itself, unless you take that over, the system's not going to change things for you. The system is working against you. So that's where I'm at this morning is there's a lot of madness going on right now. And it feels daunting. It, it really does just to try to confront it all. But I, I would I would leave with this. And I know this is something you've repeated often, Steve. There's no back door at the Alamo. If you think this is icky, guys, war is upon you, whether you wish it or not. It's upon you. You can't get away from that fact at all. I need to let Todd talk here. Um, you, you cannot get away from that fact. Do not be afraid. That was my closing message from 2020. It's my opening one this time. You're going to get your hands dirty. The people who fought the American Revolution went out there, pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to fight for liberty while they went home to slaves. There's no perfect solution on this side of Eden. There's no perfect solution. And there are so many who are afraid to get their hands dirty. Don't be afraid. As Red said in Shawshank Redemption, pressure and time, pressure and time. And that's what happened here. After so many failures, year after year after year, from white paper conservatives, both in conservative media and those who got elected, idle promises, ethereal thinking, amounting ultimately to how many angels can dance on ahead of a pin, but it made people desperate. When will you fight for us? When will you do the things you promised? And now that's those same white paper conservatives across the board now. There's one thing to condemn the violence and set yourself apart from those who didn't at all when it came to BLM and Antifa. 
It's another thing, and I'm any of a racing, but violence is never necessary. When you say things like that, you, you belittle everything you caused by never doing anything and pushing people to this point. You also belittle, by the way, the American Revolution, the Civil War, World War II, when it was Jean-Luc Picard, here and no further. We've had enough. It stops now. Men throughout all human history had to recognize the fact, and here I'm specifically talking about men, had to realize at some point in time you have to know when the time is to ante up and be dutiful to that call to protect your property, your wife, your children, whatever it is. We've got too many men these days. And this is where Aaron talks, what, Second Amendment as an as a expensive hobby? They'll talk about a lot of things. They'll write a lot of really convincing words. And convincing words are really, really important. I'm a writer, I know. Steve's a writer, I know. But if action is never attached to them, those people who have chosen you as your representatives in one way or in another in this representative republic, they'll sick of, they will get sick of being lied to. This is Shays' Rebellion. Those officers who fought in the Revolutionary War, but afterwards the government was uh, uh, chaotic and the Confederacy of States was not answering the call and they weren't getting paid. They put their lives on the line. They fought with honor and duty. They were sick of it. And they got together. And they were about to have their own little march on authority. And it took a man, a leader, a meek leader, power uncontrolled, named George Washington. You may have heard of him. Who came out and gave a speech to these men. And you may have heard of it before, uh, where he said uh, he, he was uh, try making a speech. And he pulled out his glasses because he couldn't read the remarks he had made. And he said, I've not only grown gray, but I've, old, I've grown blind in the service of my country. And that moved that rebellion, many of the men in that rebellion, to tears. But it takes what Steve is talking about. And we don't have very many George Washingtons left, if at all, because you're all a bunch of talkers, grifters, posers. What are you prepared to do? Last night, I already had a plan. I was going to be on it, but uh, uh, whether the news cycle was what it was or not, but I still cut, it, cut out the time. I got on a Zoom call because in my particular school district, and it's not being shoved down the throat like it did in bigger ones and more urban ones, but already post-BLM, the talk about... Uh, <laughs> Um, critical race theory and certain, even in a, a district like mine, there's certain people, they just got to go there. I got on. And not only did I get a monitor, I spoke. And it was time to speak. What I said is this always causes more problems than solutions, needing to check these boxes. People use this for advantage. They use this to corner people, not to, not to uh, actually stop any bullying, but to actually ramp up the bullying. If you've got good people in this district that you trust, you don't have to worry about having a new policy. Bullying is bad whether it's done to or by black, brown, white, whatever. And I talked about the golden rule. Treat others as you would like to be treated. No one came back at me. 
They know, like I said yesterday, our arguments are better if we will make them, if we will stand and fight. What are you prepared to do, Steve? Let's get to some of your thoughts uh, from the people. And I, I posted this uh, before we went on the air, and I did it via our MeWe page. Um, if you're not on MeWe, I urge you to join because you're all getting banned from Facebook. Okay, that's going down. As so, um, but MeWe is the free speech alternative to Facebook. And I, I just posted. I I wanted to know what you folks are thinking. No filter, other than if you say some magic words, I can't say here or I'm asked not to say here on the blaze. But I'm just going to listen. And I want America to listen. I've not screened these comments. I'm just going to share them. Evan Curl says this could be the Boston Tea Party, Boston Massacre, and Lexington and Concord wrapped in to one. William Miller. Yeah, people are upset. They are protesting. Many have no idea how to have their voices heard, nor what else to do. Gary Anderson says we can always count on government to do exactly the wrong thing. With an approval rate of around 11%, we have elected a group of people to represent us that are complete failures. I thought it was ironic yesterday. I guess it's okay to say thug again now. I mean, I always thought it was, you know. But uh, Mitch McConnell yesterday, cocaine Mitch, we won't put up with thugs in the, in, the, in the people's house or something or in the Senate. I'm like, dude, I totally agree. I mean, there's already enough thugs in the Senate as yeah, we speak. Put up with you okay? there. The last thing we need to do is import any more. Couldn't agree more. I think we all agree. Don't let any more thugs into the Senate. There's already enough. Veronica Krogan, or Krogan says, I can handle losing. What I can't handle is the absolute refusal to look at evidence of voter fraud. The same people who keep telling me we can vote our way out of this madness are the same ones saying there's no fraud to investigate. That's a great point. They're content to let cheating continue and thus saying we don't care if we ever run things ever again. History shows it's bullets or votes. And we're beginning to show by our actions that votes won't matter. Bone Barker. Is that a real name, by the way? Um, if it is, I can promise you, if, if that's your name, you are either the president of a Fortune 500 company or a real badass because that's a name when we were kids that would have gotten everybody's attention, right? All right. Is this the beginning of taking our country back or the beginning of the end? I had not seen the video of the woman who was killed. It just popped up in my Twitter feed as I was just looking. Our colleague here at The Blaze, Andrew Wilkow, shared it. They got and the I whole just, thing. Yeah. I just... What, what exactly was the crime she was committing worthy of being shot to death? Does anybody know? Guys, George Floyd did not deserve to die. He should not have been a fiend and a criminal. He did not deserve to die. She shouldn't have been breaking glass. Yeah. She didn't deserve to die. Yeah. I don't know why this is so, uh, tough for some people to understand. I mean, Capitol Hill security can't tackle a woman. Really? You guys just, if she gets through the glass and she's unruly, you just can't tackle her? Handcuff her? Taser? You had to, you had to go right to shoot her in cold blood? Really? 
See, that's what I said to you last hour. They're waiting for you to bring your guns because that's when they're going to bring the tanks. Meanwhile, in the exact same news cycle, forget I can't remember his name, the gentleman who was shot in Kenosha, then the case was just... Yeah, the Blake case? Uh, Blake, thank you. The, they, the guy with the knife that apparently everybody keeps leaving that out in the sexual They're, assault charge or whatever it was. They are purposely in yeah. press reports in this 24-hour news cycle. While this is going on, they're saying he did not have a weapon. Yeah. If you don't think people are storming that capital because of lies over and over and over and over again like that. You do not understand who and what is, is complicit in all this. I thought, I thought the monologue Tucker Carlson had last night, I thought was just gold. I shared it on my Twitter feed. I'd, I'd urge everybody to go and, and to watch it. Uh, BD Kowalczyk says, we the people no longer have representation or a way for our grievances to be heard and addressed. Katie Rowe, I am saddened, but not surprised. You can only push good people so far before something happens. But that's probably what they were hoping for. Michael Urban, this may be a time to redirect everyone's energy into something like pushing for the convention of states. One way to make them hear you is to cut them out of the process altogether. I've been, a, um, I've been an advocate of a convention of states. But I will say this, and if Mark were here, I think he would agree with me. That's the guy that runs it. He's a buddy of mine, and I love him. If we have to establish some basic principles now, we're, we're far further down the rabbit hole than we were even when the Convention of States began to gather steam. Meaning that they'll just deplatform the Convention of States. You don't exist. See what I'm saying? No, oh, yes. So, so we have some fundamental issues that we have to address here. Fundamental issues. Uh, Joe Pop says, is there really any chance that pipe bombs found at Democratic and GOP DC headquarters were not Antifa? I have no idea. I, I don't know. And, and I just went through a year where I exposed the fact that Anthony Fauci and the CDC has been lying to you, using their own data, by the way, has been lying to you for months and months and months. And it didn't seem to make much of a difference. We've made numerous mathematical uh, irregularity cases to at least question whether this election was on the up and up. Nobody seems to care. So, you know, yesterday there were a lot of people you know, I saw our good friend Billy Hallowell, you know, pray for peace. I disagree. Pray for truth. Let's let the, you know, I did Ali Stuckey's uh, podcast before I came in here today. And uh, she did to me what I often do to other people. And I found out I don't like it. Um, but, <laughs> um, uh, she, you know, she lives in Texas. One of my best friends is Congressman Shiproy from Texas, right? And he was on the opposite side of me on this 12th Amendment issue. And so she brought up some of his arguments and asked me to respond, which is fair. I, you know, I've, I've tried to make my points without pitting myself directly against my friend who's not here to answer for himself, right? Needless to say, if I thought Chip's arguments were right, I'd have his opinion, right? Yes. I don't agree with his opinion, though. I also, though, will not tolerate attacks on his honor because I would, um, 
I would the list of men of who I would share a trench or a self defense this is it moment with and trust my life with um above his name are is is very very short very very small I just think he's wrong but um she brought up some of the examples that he and others have brought up saying well if, if there was voter fraud how did this happen I came back with examples if there wasn't voter fraud how did this happen and I said see that's the point what is the truth what is it maybe maybe it is true that Trump is just uniquely unpopular and that explains these anomalies I have an idea let's find out let's let the truth have its way let's let the truth out we don't seem very interested in truth anymore we have had a decade or two decades of awful awful school public shootings always that spark arguments about the second amendment afterwards and then we had the worst of them all and it was an angry white male. This would seem to be the one of them all that the guys that are for gun control would want to pin on us forever, right? Nah, motive, who cares? We don't care. You know, we don't care. I said to Ali, I mean, the government said last year there's aliens. I remember when V came on when we were kids, man. The whole country stopped to watch that show. If, if Reagan had come out the following week after Diana ate the, 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 the uh, mouse, right? One of the most famous scenes in television history in the 80s, maybe next to J who shot J.R. Ewing. If, if President Reagan had come out the next Monday and said, guys, UFOs are real. Todd, holy freaking crap. What would have happened in the streets of America if, that, if he would have done that? Sure. Uh -huh. Panic, man. Panic. We were lit. The government did it last year, showed you videos of the UFOs, and folks were like, pour one out. Okay. Like, okay then. I'm biting. <laughs> yeah, I just, what do you do with that? I haven't, let's just let the truth out. Let the truth out. Because it will find you out one way or another. The truth always finds you out. It's better to just let it out. Let it, let's let it have its day. Ed Listert says there's no easy answers, as we all know, but the end of the Republican Party is a good start. I believe as true conservatives, we must begin to teach our children the truth about who we are, faith in God, our true history, and why we believe in the Constitution. Chris Erskine says a riot is the language of the unheard, or so we were told all summer. Nancy Van Giel, we are hanging on by a thread. I can only see three options ahead of us. The first is to go along with the new America and do nothing but comply. The next is just all-out warfare, which is neither good viable options, not to mention terrifying. The last is what I heard you talk, one of the things you talked about on Glenn's show last night, which is essentially creating sanctuary states, which is something I talked about last hour. In states where we have control, we exercise the power of control. But we do it under control. But we just say... We're not doing, if I wanted to live in California, that's where I'd live. But I don't. So I live here and we're going to do this instead. Thank you for your opinion.
Keith Kennan says, freedom cannot be squashed. If it cannot be found in this nation, it will be found elsewhere. If this government chooses not to protect it, it will lose the greatest commodity it has, a free people. You know, these people seem really incensed, on the edge, extreme, irrational, right? Very. I'm just, guys, I'm just going, I've not read screened any of these. I did that on purpose, by the way. I'm just reading them in the order they were posted. I went back to the f- two hours ago when I posted this on my MeWe page. There's hundreds of comments. I'm just reading them in order. They're just tired. I haven't Alan run into Iverson. a Ted Kaczynski yet. No, they're just tired. They're tired. Yeah, you're right. More of your commentary here in a moment. Back here on the Steve Day Show, John Daniel Davidson from The Federalist will be joining us here in just a second to be talking about uh, the uh, monologue Tucker Carlson gave last night, which I referenced earlier. We're going to get some more of your feedback on MeWe as well. But hey, if you're going to get into uh, the real estate market, even in good times, you want to make sure you can find a real estate agent you can trust. But especially right now in these unprecedented times, uh, there you go. We uh, did it again today. Make sure you can find a real estate agent you can trust. Now, of course, no one is going to put out a website, realestateagentsyoucantrust.com. Like, which, which agent's going to volunteer? Yeah, I, I can't be trusted. I, I won't keep my promises. I won't work hard. But Glenn Beck and his associates did do a website, thankfully, called realestateagentsitrust.com. So the ones that you can trust. Uh, tired of real estate agents that talked a good game but then didn't deliver the results that were promised. Glenn and his people didn't want you to suffer the way that they did. So just about anywhere in the country, you can find an agent whose track record of success has been proven, fully vetted, and that's why they want to refer them to you. On this website, the name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's bring him on here, John Daniel Davidson, over at The Federalist. Uh, John, it's good to have you back here with us on The Steve Day Show. Brother, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I thought I watched uh, Tucker Carlson's monologue last night. Uh, I know it caught your attention as well, John. I, I, I thought, and I'm not a big cable news viewer, even though I work in this industry, most of it disgusts me, is useless, just makes me angrier. So I, I consume very little conservative media outside of where I work or my Twitter account to keep up to date. I try to keep up with Tucker's show as much as I can because I think it's frankly one of the few on cable news that is interested in the substance of something rather than just what my particular narrative or angle is. I thought his monologue last night captured the essence perfectly of the events of yesterday. What were your thoughts? I have to agree with you about Tucker's show. I don't watch cable news because I don't have cable, but I do go on Tucker's show from time to time uh, and I watch it online. And for my money, he's one of the best commentators on American political life that's working right now. And I think that he often cuts through the noise and gets to the heart of the matter. Um, and And I think that's what he's done here. The things that we saw last yesterday in the Capitol didn't come out of thin air. They've been brewing for a long time. And it's not whataboutism to talk about the riots and the unrest and the destruction this spring and summer. You had all year long elite corporate media and journalists, leading Democrats, Hollywood, Silicon Valley, big tech, all making excuses and justifying riotous criminal behavior on a mass scale. 
So no wonder some people get the idea that if you want to be heard, well, that's what you do. And that's okay. The fact that it's not okay, uh, and the fact that that it was never okay, uh, isn't going to change some people's mind. And that's not what aboutism. That's being consistent. I, I think the the, uh, the people who condemned the riots this summer, most of them were condemning the mob yesterday, as they should. I'm glad you brought up that distinction because I have mimicked and mocked mercilessly whataboutism on this show. But whataboutism is using what other people have done wrong you don't like so that you can then therefore emulate and mimic that. And it's self-justification, essentially, is what whataboutism is. Holding you accountable to your own standard and your own words, um, that's not whataboutism at all. That's integrity. I mean, I look at the montage every day we start our show here with a montage of what happened in the news since our last show. And our producer, Aaron, that you talked to before you came on, cleverly put forth uh, a series uh, of videos where he was talking about the Capitol being stormed. And it was uh, all stuff that we've seen the left do in the last few years over Brett Kavanaugh, et cetera. It's, you know, the riots that we saw this summer, et cetera, et cetera. And what, what has happened here is you have taken people that you told have no viable voice and if they believe if they don't want to accept that a man can a man can have a period then they get up one morning and their facebook page where all their family photos and videos are kept is taken away and gone and they can't recover those because they're a miscreant and a terrible person right and you've told those people that if they work in certain industries they can't get accredited um you've told those people they can be shunned uh, treated as second class citizens you decided to change the rules of engagement and turn politics now into a zero-sum game where we don't just try to metaphorically kill each other at the ballot box and then when the vote is over we just go back to being americans and we'll see you next election may the best man win you decided to turn this into 24 7 uh you know zero sum game i win you lose you decided to turn it into that and then you made people sit home with their businesses all summer long while they watched the 14th funeral for a guy who should not have been choked out but also isn't a saint because he once pointed a gun at a pregnant woman's stomach so we watched 14 of those funerals and we were called there was were called peaceful protests and then the people who pulled those off uh the those riots, they got decals on a lot of your sports teams that you watched uh, later in the year, and they got celebrated and elevated. This is all learned behavior. I don't know why any of these leftists are condemning any of this. They keep telling us they want us to be more like them. Didn't they get what they wanted yesterday, John? Well, that's what, you know, the media likes to talk about how Trump's normalized certain things, and he's broken our norms, and our norms, our norms. the media is the one who has normalized rioting as somehow an acceptable thing. You know, we went through, one of my colleagues went through and chronicled something like 30 of the most egregious instances of media personalities and leading Democrats making excuses for the rioting, saying that these aren't really riots or they are riots, but they're justified. And, you know, uh, Chris Cuomo on CNN saying, you know, show me where protests have to be peaceful. Well, when you normalize that kind of behavior, you should expect that kind of behavior. And the point is, you should never normalize it. Whether you agree with the underlying complaint of the rioters or not is totally irrelevant. You know, the only difference between, uh, and, and I know some people are uniquely disturbed that this was the U.S. Capitol, but I don't view the U.S. Capitol uh, it, it, with the same uh, veneration that I view uh, churches. But some people are saying, 
Well, this was different. You know, this was different because this was the U.S. Capitol and these people are trying to is trying to foment insurrection. Well, the main difference is that these people had a different thing that they believed. The Black Lives Matter rioters believe something that's not really true, which is that there's systemic racism in this country and that police departments are killing a disproportionate number of black people. That's not true, but they believed it. And as a result, they stormed city halls, they took over police stations, they burned down churches, they destroyed cities. The pro-Trump uh, rioters that mobbed the U.S. Capitol yesterday believe something that's not true also, that the U.S. election was stolen. They also believe that there was mass amounts of fraud and irregularities and broken laws in the election. That is true. So both of these groups believe have certain beliefs, some of which are true, some of which aren't. The only difference is that the beliefs of the Black Lives Matter rioters happen to be beliefs that our elite media, Hollywood, big tech, corporate America, and the Democratic Party support. That's the difference. As long as there's a two-tier justice system, and that's applied to who gets platforms, who gets voices, who gets to speak, who goes to jail, who does not, as long as that exists, we are going to, unfortunately, foment more of this. And to me, I think... What needs to happen is I talked about at the beginning of the show, John, and I'll leave you with this and get your take on it. We have to have a righteous resistance vehicle where people believe that the folks doing so will actually defend them, will actually stand up for them. Because right now, they don't have one. They have a political party that they think, and I tend to agree, hates their guts. And that's who represents them. They, yeah. they, they can't go to City Hall. It's probably closed. They, um, they, they can't go to the church. That's probably closed. See where I'm going with this? As, yeah. as long as we don't have, and I've used the fighting and hockey analogy on this show a million times, the reason why there's fighting and hockey is because these men will then use their sharpened sticks against each other instead. So you let a pressure valve out, and the minute there's blood or one guy gets dominant or the other, they break it up. And the pressure's been relieved. Back to the game. And right now, we have no pressure valves at all. None. And it seems as if whatever spirit of the age is propelling the current left is actively seeking to remove those pressure valves because they want this pressure cooker instead. I think there's some truth to that. I mean, the you, you, this, these people who stormed the Capitol yesterday are not going to disappear. They're not going away. They're still Americans. They're still here. They're still going to vote. They're still going to stage protests. Hopefully, they don't stage riots. Uh, but, you know, the idea that we have to learn to live together is one that the left has given up on. And I'm afraid that the right is now giving up on as well, or at least a portion of the right. How can you live with people and, and, that won't live with you? How does that work? Right. Exactly. You know, you, you wanted you wanted uh, the culture wars. Well, you got Donald Trump. You know, you called the Tea Party uh, terrorists. Uh, well, now you're going to get the real thing. You know, that, that, that's kind of you know, what's happening here is that when you when you when you take away any way for people to be heard, eventually they'll start burning things down, whether on the left or on the right. Uh, and we need to restore civic society. And I don't know that that we can. I, I don't know how to do that right now. And, and that's what's most disturbing about what's happening. John, good to have you on the show again, brother. Take care. All right. God bless. Thanks for having me. I want to go back to some of the commentary we have from our uh, listeners and viewers on MeWe before we get out of here today. Uh, Tim Hibbs says, we are no longer a republic. We are no longer a free people. We are no longer a governed people. We now know how long it took for our once great nation to be turned into a socialist communist nation. 
Gloria Rebus Schultz. I was born in Cuba and we left in the late 60s when I was two and a half. We came to the U.S. because my dad said it was the last bastion of freedom. What is happening in the U.S. now mirrors the stories I heard from my parents of Castro's takeover from a revolution that was supposed to oust a dictator, Batista, and establish freedom, but established a communist state instead. Uh, Steve, who goes by the work dad, <laughs> I like that. Uh, we the people are highly PO'd. What you witnessed yesterday sent a clear message that the people still hold the power, consent by the government, or consent by the governed. Government needs to fear us, not the other way around. You may not like that. Actually, that's pretty much what Thomas Jefferson said, though. Greg Bryson. People are PO'd. Our political system is broken. Those elected to public office to work for we the people, they're this, they're just there to get paid by lobbyists. It's time we evict the career politicians, enact term limits. Mike Musil, ground yourself in truth. You can see the lies much easier. Understand and accept the sovereignty of God, even in dark times, and accept that maybe God is judging us as a nation. We certainly deserve it. James Adam, eventually some future historian, is going to write the seminal book on the decline and fall of the United States in which COVID-19 and the 2020 election will be featured prominently. Jennifer Pinson says, I feel like we're all being played as a bunch of useful idiots by all of the power players in government and also world leaders. I can understand why people are angry and desperate for someone or something to believe in. This world has a deep need for Christ and I'm heartsick when I see people idolizing men instead of falling on our faces in repentance. This is what judgment looks like. We have the leaders we deserve. Andrew Schnick. Even though we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we were horrified by those that stormed the Capitol building because also blessed are the meek and peacemakers. And we conservatives have to leave room for God to repay injustices. Sandra Reese, I think it's a sad day in America. We are actively watching her demise. I feel angry, hurt, and honestly terrified. What is to come? I have grandchildren that I worry about. Travis Egan says, let me start by saying I am not advocating violence. I'm a firm believer, though, that elected officials should be afraid of the electorate. And the fact that so many are fearful of the government is the problem. When protesters show up with guns, people act more politely. I, too, am frustrated, but yesterday's activities are counterproductive. Far too many people are keyboard tough guys and gals. If they were fearful of the people, their actions would result in face-to-face meetings. Instead, elected officials do not fear us. They mock us. Helen Walters believes that while half of this country is under the mind control of the propaganda machine, the rest of us are not going to roll over and lose our country. Um, there's a lot of great stuff in here, but we're short on time. Hundreds and hundreds of comments we've received on our MeWe page. Just look for Steve Dace at MeWe if you want to, when you go to MeWe, if you don't have a MeWe page yet. Uh, and just go there, look for look for my name, Steve Dace. You can read all the comments, join the conversation if you want. 
probably get some form of comfort in learning that you're you're not alone. We're not alone. But if we stay in our homes, if we don't step in to being the people we were called to be, if we don't righteously resist what is happening, meekly, with power under control, we will be worse than alone. We're going to be crushed. had a lot of existential conversations in conservative media over the years and a lot of people with a lot bigger platforms than me warning about a day that would come and we ignored all of those warnings I think those days are now here and I think we got time for one last warning I don't think we have time right now for game plan and what's going to happen four years from now or who's the new GOP nominee, Trump's brand, all that stuff we were talking about even a few weeks ago right now isn't relevant. We have to establish right now, and it's our prime directive as a people in a movement, we have to establish right now righteous resistance to what the spirit of the age wants to do to finish off this country. Because if we don't, an unrighteous resistance will emerge. And together, that unrighteous resistance and that spirit of the age, because they're kind of two sides of the same coin, they will work together to finish us off. And that scene I alluded to in the dark night with the two fairies, each rigged with bombs as the Joker, the agent of chaos, pits them against each other. The scene ends where they just both blow each other up. That's how this movie's heading. That's where, that's the ending of this movie. If we don't form righteous resistance, it is time now to leave our homes, open our businesses, open our churches, open our communities, open our states, our cities, open our hearts. Righteous resistance under the power of meekness, power under control. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.